Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy, and welcome back. Uh, How's Vegas? Bro. You're wearing the same thing that you were wearing when I saw you last. Did you, were you, did you just stay in Flag and Anthem sweats for the entire weekend in Vegas? Funny you say that. I wore this same... You, yeah, you were wearing those pants the last time I saw you. You were wearing that sweatshirt in the Joe Shabelli, uh photobomb. Did you change? I changed twice at night to go out. Got it. The rest of the weekend, you were just... You're like, I'm in Vegas. I can do, the, I can do like old man Vegas thing. I'm going to hang around the sports book in my sweatpants. I did wear this same exact outfit with with a uh, a winter Rams hat on purpose. The what do you call them? Winter hat. But there's a name like uh, a Scully. Toque? Scully. A, a toque. That's what the Canadians call them. Yeah. A toque. But yeah, I did. I drove in wearing the same outfit too. So yeah, sweats for me. And let me just say, for anyone who lives in Los Angeles or the Southern California area, if you have a desire to go to Vegas, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, don't do it. Took me six and a half hours to get home today. That's not nearly as bad as I've had it and I've heard about it. But you went on a holiday weekend and you tried to come back on Monday morning. That was I could have told you that was a bad idea. Six and a half hours. Yeah. And I wasn't really stopping. Yeah. Holiday weekend. You were just in traffic. I just kept any little town was traffic. Yeah. You know, like Victorville, like all those little Barstow, Victorville, all those little podunk towns. Yeah. Yeah. I was not happy. I've done it. I've done it. I think it took me nine hours one time. And the wind, it was one of those wind advisory days yeah. where I'm like. What were you driving? Thank you, CT. A Hyundai. Hyundai. Elantra, which is a nice okay. car though, actually. Yeah. You would think that would be easy on the wind. It was, but you still... You weren't in a RAV4 or something. You couldn't dig Couldn't around. take your hands off the wheel. Yeah. It wasn't one of those, but uh, I didn't place one bet. Not not a single bet. That Yeah, that's weird. Not even on football. Not even on football. I wasn't sure. You should have bet against yourself. That's what you should have done. Well, the one thing I was sure on, and I told all my buddies, and they didn't listen to me, I said the only Saints Rams under the under overs I got, and I told them Saints Rams go under, Patriots Chiefs go over. That's the one thing I got. Well, yeah, but that's the only reason it happened because you didn't bet it. Yeah, if you had the whole the whole day could have been different. The the Super Bowl could be different. Are you are you saying that the Ruther curse is real? The Ruther curse is like to new levels now. You took. The Rams to cover, but you said the Saints were going to win. And then after basically saying the Chiefs were not going to win a playoff game, you started that in like week eight. 
You're like, they're not winning a playoff game. They're not winning a playoff game. Not winning a playoff game. You double down. You double down. You double down. Then suddenly in the AFC Championship game, Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl and they lose. But let's rewind the clock a little. If you go to both those games, there wasn't strong convictions from me, especially Patriots-Chiefs. I didn't know who to pick. Yeah. And and in your wishy-washiness, you ruined the, the Saints or the Chiefs' poor season. You're putting this all on me. A hundred percent. I said, I said, you picking a game is like putting a whole team on the cover of Madden. Like it's it's a curse to new levels. You're like if Babe Ruth fucked a billy goat and they took that picture and they put it on the cover of Madden and they took the picture of that cover of Madden and put it on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But is it just these playoffs that I'm really basically fucking teams over? I said in the pre-show, Johnny Manziel somewhere wishing you had called him a bust. Yeah, you know the only the only people that my curse didn't affect this weekend. I was I was just looking up a score. My buddy has some NHL clients, mm-hmm. and the Minnesota Wild were, they got in town last night. Is he a sports agent? He handles money. So he's a financial advisor. He's a financial advisor. Got it. So he met one of his clients, and then we met those guys. It was like four or five. Did you end up going to the hockey game? No, I did not. What happened? This is a long story. <laughs> I thought you were going down there, going right to the T-Mobile Center. Yeah, but a lot of things happened. And it took forever to get there. But we met a cup we met one of his clients. So you didn't go to the hockey game. You didn't place a bet. You didn't go out to the strip club. No, I didn't. I missed the strip club. You night. didn't go to see the chain smokers. What you just hung out with Shabelli? You went to Vegas and hung out with Shabelli? I did copious amounts of edibles and vape pen. That's what I did. Where did you guys go out at night? Well, Saturday night, they they went nuts Friday night. The people were dropping like flies Saturday night, and they've been drinking all day Saturday. So me and my buddy, we got some food, and we just started walking around the strip, people watching. I was pretty baked. So I was like, I'm cool doing that. Your buddy who's getting married? No. He asked out. He apparently said, I'm going to take a five-minute nap, and then we're going to go to Chainsmokers, and then he woke up at 4 a.m. Okay. You know, it was one of those nights. Yeah. Uh, no, we just walked up and down the strip, and I was feeling good on my edibles, and watched this one. We basically followed a guy for almost a mile. Creepy. Uh, watching him trying to sell cocaine to people. Oh, awesome! Who's there for a bachelor party and watches a guy try to sell cocaine? I've never even bought cocaine, and I would have bought some. Well, that's basically what I did Saturday night. It was just walk around, stoned. And then Sunday, you watch the games all day? All day. Then we went to Cosmopolitan for a nice dinner. A nice uh, $100 lamb dinner for me. Nice. <laughs> little lamb. And then we met one of his clients, and that's what I was saying. Four guys on the, on the Minnesota Wild were hanging out at the bar. And I know nothing about hockey. So my buddy who is getting married, we were just peppering them with hockey questions. I was like, guys, I don't know shit about hockey. But we didn't. I did not jinx them because I just looked. They actually beat the Golden Knights four to two today. But it was good talking to them. They confirmed everything. They were like, "Dude, the Golden Knights are so good at home because all guys do is come here and party." He goes, "Look at." I was like, "I don't know anything about hockey." He goes, "Look at the Golden Knights' record at home versus away." End of story. Yeah, like guys just rage here. We were sitting. But at the- aren't you a Golden Knights fan? 
So technically, you did jinx your team while you were there. You went to town. Golden Knights lose. Did Golden Knights lose on Saturday as well? No, they won. Okay. They Because you didn't go to the game. Yeah, they beat the Penguins. <laughs> the Den curse is real. Yeah. I guess. I guess it's real. All I know is the Rams are in the Super Bowl. That's all I know. Are you excited about that? I mean, do we have to get into... Is this... Or, I guess let's start recapping these games. What else we got to do? Yeah. Well, first, as a Rams fan, tell me how you feel about your team that you've been a fan of for 16 months. Uh, Come on, Joe. Going to the Super Come Bowl. Come on, Joe. How long have you been? A, two years? I said I was going to start rooting for them the minute they came here, and I have. So but, this is what? Their third season here. Let's not cut it short. Okay. I've watched every game since they came here. I've seen them live five times. It's not like I'm... You know, not supporting the team. But I've already explained that. It's it's tough to be crazy invested when it's a new thing. Right. So it doesn't mean I'm not excited. Right. Now, did I take some shots from our good friend Tug Coker today on text? Yeah, but you know what? What, what was he taking? Why was he taking shots at you? Let me just pull up these old, the, 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 this old text from our buddy Tug Coker. Getting that Tug mentioned in nice and early. He sent me a tweet from somebody that said, Actual Rams fans in Los Angeles has increased by roughly 0% since making the Super Bowl. But the amount of people who say, well, I'm a Bengals fan, but I've lived here for seven years and I feel like I should root for the team in the city where I live has increased 1,000%. So I responded to Tug, stop following nerds on Twitter. (laughs) And then he wrote, he described you 100%, seems like following, seems like worth following. And I wrote, no, he didn't at all, because he didn't. That's not me. It's not me at all. I stopped rooting for the Bengals. There's reasons behind that. You know, so so Tug can say all the shit he wants, and I love Tug, and I'm sure he'll be on soon to explain I'm salt it. Salt bang you? No, no, no. It's just, just <laughs> salt bang. Here's the deal: Tug can say all he wants, and Tug, I love you, but I've said this to your face, and I'll say it again: You're a Celtics, Cowboys, Michigan, Virginia fan. I rest my case. <laughs> That's a white guy born in the 70s bonanza. (laughs) He's like fucking, he's like Bird, fucking Fab Five, yeah, Aikman, Ralph Sampson. (laughs) Did Ralph Sampson went to Houston, right? Who's the fucking big guy from Virginia? Maybe it was Sampson. Who knows? It might have been Sampson. Want to talk to Sampson? Sampson. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, again, I love talk. We can talk about it in person. But the thing with me and the Rams, I've said it all. Yeah, I'm rooting for them. But I'm also not going to exaggerate. Like, I wasn't losing my shit. I was like, I can't believe they made the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, my friend Mike, uh, I, I give him props. He's an L.A. Rams fan. He's from L.A. He's in, He was an L.A. Rams fan. He stayed with them when they went to St. Louis, which a lot of times, obviously, when the move happens, a lot of people get butt hurt. Because I was in New York, and he was like, I'm going to the Monday Night Football game. I was like, why are you going to the Rams-Giants? He's like, I'm a Rams fan. I was like, are you really? He's like, yeah, man. And then I just saw he was at the Superdome on Sunday. So, like, you know, there are I guess there are L.A. fans who have who have made it through. But you've been, uh, you've been a Rams fan for two years. That, my point is, you... There can't be like this. Like, I'm so excited my fucking team's going to the Super Bowl because you've only been a 
fan for two years. That's what but I'm saying. But you are a Rams fan. Yeah, no, I was excited. Right. Yesterday I had to walk, you know, a fine line. I was sitting at a table with St. Louis people. Right. And they are just vehemently anti-Rams? Vehemently anti-Stan Kroenke. Right. That's what they all made it clear. They're like, we're not vehemently anti-Rams. And a lot of these guys know their shit. So they're seeing this. And they're also seeing me in like an LA Rams hat, and it's like, yo, man, that's our fucking team. Yeah. Well, it's LA's team first, so that's like, what, everybody, everybody fucking relax. Well, that's what I said. Yeah. But I also wasn't going to argue. Maybe maybe be from a city where you don't lose your football team and then lose it again, and then. Well, look, be, was, a, be a fucking Arizona Cardinals fan, guys. It was a great game. They were both great games. I mean, first time ever, both games went to overtime. Let's jump into them. I watched both games from start to finish. Now, I was uh, partaking in some cannabis. I'm not saying that my memory's hazy, but, you know, me, edibles, me vaping, watching games, you know, I might miss some things anyway. Like, let's just say the pass interference I was saying wasn't pass interference at first. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Until I started seeing some replays, and I'm like, ooh, that's, that's, that, doesn't look, that doesn't look good. <laughs> After I saw some replays, I said, ooh, maybe it was. I was called a homer by the were table. You on, were you on acid? <laughs> 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 was, uh, there was multiple infractions on that play. But here's what I said about that first game, and I said it to our table. When the Rams were down 13-0, I said, they're fine. I said, because Drew Brees... Can't have the ball in the first quarter three times within the 20-yard line and get one touchdown. You don't win games of field goals, as my ex-girlfriend who knew nothing about football no. used to say. And we all agreed watching the game. I yeah. said, I said 13 points to the Rams is nothing. I said, their D is actually playing well. Yeah, They held them to two field goals. And that's what happened. They go up 13-0. Rams cut it to 10. I mean, 13-10. Our, our boy, medium pizza, was, I mean, in the first half, didn't have a good first half. He did not know what was happening. He he literally, he was really struggling with the noise. He's like visibly covering his ears, like covering his fucking ear holes is going to work. And then like he, I mean, he wasn't doing anything. The big fake punt by McVeigh, ballsy. They go down, they get a, they get a field goal on that. And it got the ball rolling. And the end of the first half, Goff had a dime and then was a completely different quarterback in the second half. And I'll say this. I'm willing to say Jared Goff's, I don't know. Uh, is, he, is he large? Medi- uh, no, no, no. God, no. He's not a large pizza yet. But, he, you know, he won a NFC championship game in the Superdome. On the, you know. In his whatever. He's, second year. He's a pepperoni. Medium pizza. Oh, he's upgraded. Yeah. Or, you know, depending on how you like, he's a, he's a meat lover's medium pizza. You know, a little pepperoni and sausage together. Definitely on a medium. But he's a medium with toppings. Yeah. You know, or he's a specialty medium. He's a thin crust. The Rams offense did nothing. And they still were only down 13-10. Now on the opposite, the Saints offense. Not only did they not do anything, Gurley opens the game. With two drops, two blatant drops. Bad drops. And then gets benched? He pretty much got benched. Yeah. Now, he scores a touchdown later. Yeah. But I think he's hurt. I've said this all along. But he says he's not hurt. Well, those the drops were bad. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean he's hurt, but 
I think he's hurt. Saquon Barkley dropped three passes in his 16-game season, by the way, Andy, in case you were still upset at how people came at you and told you that you were a fucking cuck for saying Saquon Barkley was better than Gurley. Hit three in 16 games. Well, I have moved on from that. Clearly, you <laughs> okay. have not. I'm just, no, I'm just pointing it out. I'm just saying, if anybody is still out there, that's... Yeah, those drops were huge in that game. Now, the Rams' defense showed up, and in the second quarter, they shut down the Saints. Look, dude. We got to. Just, I'm just going to get to it. This is why Breeze is not a top five quarterback. Which part? They didn't. You got to win that game. You you can't look. Well, how look, about, look, I look, mean, look, 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 let's let's take the call out of it. I don't even want to. We'll get to the call. Yeah. The missed pass interference. All I'm saying though, guys, is this is why you and I have had our opinion on him. You can't be at home in the dome against a team that has definitely had a suspect defense. I only put up 23. By the way, I, uh, you know, when we got into the conversation about Breeze last episode, we were like, he's only played in one NFC championship game. And to me, not even knowing that, like, before I was like, no, he has to have. And so then I started to be like, oh, you know, Drew Breeze is already more suspect than I thought he was because that's true. So I look it up, not true. He played in another NFC championship game against the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. And Rex Grossman and the Chicago Bears beat the shit out of them. Oh, I forgot about that 39, one. 39-16. Okay. So it's almost like he'd have been better off if he had only played in one NFC Championship yeah. game. But he plays in another one. They're, they, you know, their defense shut them down in the second half. We'll get to the call in a minute. But also, go to overtime. You still go to overtime. You get the still ball. get the ball first. You get you get you get fucking basically strip sacked for a pick. We threw down the gauntlet for Rivers. We threw down the gauntlet for Breeze. You can fucking you can bring all the stats you want. You can show me the fucking passing yards. But guess what? What I've always said is I don't know if I want my quarterback to lead the league in passing. It always defenses get better. In the playoffs, it you're not going to be. When's the last time somebody had a 400 yard Super Bowl or a 400 yard fucking last energy? year? Right, the Eagles, Patriots. Before that, you know, we don't have a ton in the last 20 years where guys have 400 yard championship games, which Breeze basically puts up regularly during the regular season. So in in essence, you you have a quarterback whose game doesn't even translate. To playoff football. Would you even say that... Would you say... I mean, let's compare the quarterbacks. I just want to bring up the stat line. Did Goff outplay Breeze? Goff is 25 for 40, 297, 1 TD, 1 interception. Breeze, 26 of 40, 249, 2 TDs, and 1 interception. Yeah, but Breeze threw an interception to lose a game. I mean, I'm not even shitting on Drew Breeze here. But that's a, that's a big tipping of the scales, right? Yeah. We wouldn't even we wouldn't. Those stats are pretty close. We wouldn't even be talking about it if Jared Goff's one interception came in overtime and it cost them the game. We wouldn't be talking about it. We were like, we we're like, maybe he's a small pizza with a side of chicken kickers. Like <laughs> we wouldn't even be fucking talking about it. Now we're talking about like to me that tips the scales. You threw a pick to end the game. Now, 
Let's get to the call. Okay. The, the no call. The no call. The lack of call. I had, and I put it on Twitter yesterday, and I said it on our show, I had no rooting interest in this game. I wanted to see a good game. I like the city. Of, I love the city of New Orleans. I obviously live in the city of Los Angeles. I know uh, Saints fans that I'm friends with, and I like them. Cooper Manning's doing a fucking pregame bit. The, the, the whole Manning family's from New Orleans. Archie played there. You've seen me don a, a throwback Archie jersey before. Jimmy Buffett's singing the fucking national anthem. Like, I love New Orleans. I have no rooting interest in this game. I picked the Saints in my bracket. I picked the Rams on the show. I don't give a shit. Okay? The New Orleans Saints win that game if they make that call. And it's not a conversation about, well, we get blown calls all the time. You know, there's a blown call in this game and there were blown. A hold is missed on every play. A pass interference is missed on every play. A defensive holding could be called on everything. Every single Patriots Super Bowl, they would have zero if we called offensive pass interference on pick plays. Okay? But these borderline judgment calls, you can't really complain about them. What you can complain about is a despicable, missed, egregious pass interference where the guy beat the ball by a full second, but hold on a second. with helmet to helmet contact when the referee is staring at it. You have to take me back to this the down and situation and the time. And if they if they get the if they get that call, the the Saints run out the clock and kick a field goal with like twenty five seconds left. But hold on a second. Or fifteen seconds left. No, but I could be wrong. Don't don't the Rams still have one timeout? One timeout. In like a minute thirty seconds left? So to me, does the ball go on the one yard line, or it wasn't? So, so it you're wasn't saying in the end zone. you're saying the Saints the Saints don't run in for a touchdown? No. Why would they? To go up seven? No. Because that that's what I was just trying to process. Because to me, if the, if if the no. if the no. Rams let them even, run it in, and even if they do, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Because then you're giving the, the Rams a minute 30 to score a touchdown with yeah. the timeout. Yeah, they're not going to. And I don't think they would have gotten it on the one. They would have gotten it probably half the distance to the goal because it wasn't thrown in the end zone. Although the helmet to helmet, wait, yeah, either way, they it leaves them almost no time. And their kicker's great. And yeah, like bad snaps happen and whatever. But like if they make that call, there's a 99.9% chance the Saints win that game. And Look, I get it. I get Saints fans being upset about it. That and it doesn't take away doesn't take away from the fact that the Rams might have outplayed them. It doesn't take away from the fact that the that Jared Goff stepped up, that their defense stepped up, that they you know found a way to shut down Drew Brees that Drew Brees didn't quite show up like he did that Michael Thomas had four catches for 36 yards that McVay probably outcoached Sean Payton where is Michael Thomas doesn't take away any of that it just takes away the fact that a lot of teams have won a lot of games in a lot of different sports that maybe did or did not deserve to win those games the Saints are 99.9% to win that game if a an egregious 
multiple foul penalty is called. So then do we bring up conspiracy theories? Have you seen the conspiracy theories? I have not been on social media at all. This is actually pretty... Um, there's actually a fascinating conspiracy theory. Because I have my own, Okay. which I've been saying all along, is that I think the NFL does want to make a push for the city of Los Angeles. And I've said that before this game. I've said that all year. I said that in the preseason. I think it's good for the NFL, at least what they think, as a business interest to have a very good team in LA. Now they do. They have the Rams. They have, we'll, we'll even throw in the Chargers, even though nobody in LA cares about the Chargers. But I think the NFL has a hard-on for LA. They out of nowhere gave them two teams, gave us two teams out of nowhere. And the new stadium's coming. They know they're having problems selling seats at both for the Rams and the Chargers. The Rams go to the Super Bowl. Those tickets now for the new stadium are going to be even more expensive because they already got a team in the Super Bowl. How about this? So this is the problem, too. It's not like a guy missed a call. Look at the picture of this guy looking at the foul. Okay. That guy's name is Phil McKinley. He played for the Rams in 1981. <laughs> oh, McKinley. I, I mean, I don't know how serious. Official Phil McKinley is from L.A., went to UCLA, and played for the Rams. I mean, that's next level. He's staring at it. I don't know if that's crazy internet conspiracy. Like, I haven't, I haven't done the research to back that up. Are we going to say this game is like the Tuck game? The Tuck game? Because everybody talked about that The still. Tuck game is a misconstrued, shitty rule that has since been changed. This is a guy staring at a guy who blatantly interferes with helmet-to-helmet contact. He's just looking at it. And doesn't call a penalty. It's ridiculous. And here's the thing. Again, I have no rooting interest in this game. I picked the Rams on this show. But if you're out there going, they also missed a fucking face mask on Goff. And they missed a face mask on, you know, so-and-so on the long pass at the end of the half. And they missed this hold. Missing calls in the during a game... Bang bang! A guy's fucking hand hits. A guy's whatever. Did you? It's completely different. And we'll get to the ridiculous and absurd Tom Brady roughing the passer call that happened in the second game. But that being said, this is egregious. Did you see what Roby Coleman said? Yeah, he's like, of course. I got to read his exact quote. This is what Roby Coleman says. The ref got up when I got up. He said incomplete. So I was just like, thank you, the cornerback said. I didn't, this is from him. I didn't look back at the ball. I didn't play the ball. If I had played the ball, then it would have been a different story. But since I just went straight to, to him and when I seen his hands go up and I hit him, I just heard the crowd go crazy. And I was like, oh, this is a flag. And I got up and he said incomplete. I was like, ah. And then the ref said, like it look, and th- then the ref said, "Like it looked, it was a tip." Like it looked, yeah, yeah. That somebody maybe tipped it, and then anything is pos- anything's fair game. So I was like, "Okay, cool." So he basically confessed right there. There's no, we don't care that this is like confessing that you have a mustache. 
There's no not there's no it didn't happen. There's no there's no argument that he didn't interfere. There's none. And there's no like the the guy staring at it, it's just so awkward. He's staring at it happen. Well, you want to hear some more crazy shit? I'm looking in the comment section on YouTube. I love this from our boy Jesus. Theory, the dynasty ends where it began back in 2001, Rams versus Pats. Story writes itself. I'll even one-up you. 2001 was also the year of 9-11. I went to school in St. Louis. I witnessed the Rams lose to the Pats, and everybody in St. Louis was upset. Here I am now on the other end of it, in L.A., rooting for the Rams to beat the Pats. This is some crazy shit going on. We don't on care here. who you're rooting for. We need you to pick the Patriots in the game. That's what we need next I'm just week. saying, are you seeing the connection? Yeah, we're seeing the connection. You did 9-11. Yes. Is that what you're trying to tell us? I'm just saying, all this stuff happened. I'm I'm always associated now with the Rams Yeah, and also this Patriots game. But oh, this, this is what's important. Stop... If you're a Rams fan, stop it. Joe Shabelli, stop it. Rams fans, stop it. Stop talking about all the ways that this is okay. It's not okay. It was awful. It's going to go down as the worst blown call in the history of sports. Because it was so absurd. And, and, Shabelli and every Rams fan... During the game, I know you weren't on Twitter, is tweeting Whistlegate during the game. So prior to this, they were already building their case that should they lose, it's because people brought whistles to the game. And now, the second the game ends in their favor, it's swapped to like blatant pass interference with helmet helmet contract contact isn't the whole game. Yeah, it is. 99.9% you're losing that game if they make that call. If no one brought whistles, do you win? Do you lose? Who fucking knows? This isn't a blown call. This isn't a missed call. This isn't like, I didn't see it. This is what the fuck happened. And it's awful for the NFL. They're calling Sean Payton. He's calling them after the game. They're telling him they blew it. There's going to be two weeks of this. People are tweeting like old fucking rules from the rule book saying the commissioner could, you know, force them to replay the game or replay that. It's awful for the NFL. Well, the whole day was awful for the officiating. The whole day, both games. But there's a couple things I want to talk about before we get to the next game. Sean McVay's gambles were interesting and non-gambles. Because when you watch that game, he go he has the ballsy go for it within your own thirty with Hecker, who by the way, you know you know he was a starting quarterback for his high school? Yeah. The guy's got a he's got a little arm on him. Yeah. He's accurate. So ballsy, I mean, how many of these has he done this year? I know, ballsy move by McVeigh, but then decides to kick a field goal on fourth from the foot. You know what I'm saying? Like like he made interesting moves. Yeah. And we have to talk about Zerline. Yeah. Look, the the I agree with everybody thinks that they should have gone for it, uh, you know, on fourth and goal from the one. But at the same time, it's like sometimes you just got to play your gut. Like statistically, do they probably get in and then that's the game? Yeah. But also he went for the tie. They, I guess, technically 
if you look at it, get get a stop, get the ball back, and yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, Zerline with two huge kicks, huge kicks. I mean, that fifty-seven yarder, easily good for sixty-five, right? Oh yeah, it hit the net. Yeah, dead center. Yeah, no, he crushed it. He was inside. That's the other thing I think McVay knew on both of them. He's like, I'm not, I'm not worried about my guy missing. He's inside. He's fucking but got enough But still, leg. the pressure. It's yeah. the conference championship. To to have that much faith in your kicker, man, and for him to just be so clutch on both of those. I mean, think about it. I, can't, I could not believe he kicked it in the overtime. He misses that. You give the Saints basically 15 yards, and then they kick a field goal and win. Yeah. So but then that guy's got to make it. And then, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. The only fucking sure thing is that the New Orleans kicker, who has been great all year, would have had a fucking chip shot to win the game if not for the fucking no call. Which, like, I'm still, like, let's do all the conspiracies on this because the picture of the guy looking at it is just insanity. Somebody's got to do the. Somebody's got to. Snopes has got to get on if that guy actually played for the Rams. If that guy played for the Rams, this is a fucking huge story. That's some. That's some sixty minute shit. What do you mean? If didn't he? I, you just, I don't. I'm saying this is this is Twitter. They also said some that that kid that was down in Washington D.C. like scalped forty natives, like uh, you know what I mean, and 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 was wearing their scalps as a MAGA hat. Like the internet's. No, you don't believe anything on the internet at this point. The fact that my mom was giving me social media news when she called me today, I went dark. I did a couple tweets. Wasn't on Twitter. I, I mean, it's it. basically Shabelli was the ref that made that no call. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If Shabelli was the ref in that game, we'd be like, what the fuck? Can we talk about what are the odds I'm staying at the win, Shabelli's at the encore with his family? And then what? You ran, You actually physically walked into each other? No, he he te- he was texting me. I said, where are you staying? And he said, encore. I said, I'm at the win. You know, they're the same property. Yeah. And I said, well, we're watching the game. I got us a table at this little lounge area and... Uh, and he met me at halftime. Him and his dad were watching the game in their room. So he met me at halftime. Then his dad came back after the game. They were so excited. Yeah. And good for them. Yeah. And great. And like I said, it. I have no rooting interest in this game. I'm stoked for Rams fans. I like watching the Rams play. I, I love McVay. It's it's awesome. It's cool to see it like happening to people in LA who just don't seem to care whatsoever. But the bottom line is, it absolutely, positively doesn't happen without that call. No call. Like, when people go, like, you know, the the helmet catch, people will be like, there was a hold. I'm like, what are we talking about here? You know how many fucking plays you have a missed hold on? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, this is some guy who may or may not have played for the Rams staring at a fucking mugging and not making the call. Well, the Rams former team going to the Super Bowl are in the Super Bowl. And if you want to go see the Rams, I know I'm I I want to go. The big thing is I want to go. I want to go down to Atlanta. My dad texted me, said, "Are you going to the game?" 
I said, will you go with me? And he said, will it be in Cincinnati? Like, he thinks he's hilarious. And I said, no, Dad. Open up SeatGeek. Actually, I told my dad. I said, you got to download SeatGeek, Dad. He's like, is that the same as YouTube? Yeah. He said, what's SeatGeek? Is it's it- like YouTube for tickets, Dad. Well, that sounds interesting. I said, this is where I have my dad. Walt is a man who likes to save his money. He's a penny pincher. I said, Dad, if you download SeatGeek, if you put promo code DIRTY, you get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So, guys, if you want to see any sports events from Super Bowl to NBA to NHL to the Chainsmokers, which I passed on this weekend at the win, you can see all those exciting events via SeatGeek. I'm on on SeatGeek right now. Joe's on right now. He's checking out the ticket prices. So, guys, download SeatGeek. Like I just said, everyone gets $10 off. That's all you guys, Dirtballs. $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Anything else to add about that game? No, I mean, I think I said everything. I, I think, uh, I'm gonna you know, say- I, I think... Uh, I don't want to say the best team won. I think that's unfair. Um, but I will say the Rams put themselves in a position to win that game. They came back from being down 13 nothing. Their defense stepped it up. That you know, a defense you've been very critical of for a long time. Those playmakers made some plays. Fowler had the had the hit on, on Breeze at the end of the game. Donald was crazy. Throughout the game, they shut down Michael Thomas. They basically shut down their running game. Um, you know, Goff really turned it on, and and I was impressed with what Goff did and his growth just in the, over the course of that game. Uh, I was impressed with McVay. I think Sean Payton is grossly overrated. Um, we we also haven't talked about the fact that he threw the ball on first down when they got down there prior to that play happening. Yeah, which which. Didn't like that call one bit. I, I don't know. It's ludicrous. Um, Breeze and Peyton, they're two guys. I understand they won a Super Bowl after Katrina. And like I said, I know Saints fans. I know people who have, you know, Sean Peyton, Saint Sean, candles. He's like he's a god to them. He's it's like we talked about that. That's now their third NFC Championship game. They're one and two. The, the same criticisms that you can make of Drew Brees, you have to make of Sean Payton. The, these guys are the fucking duo, and Drew Brees is 40, and they've got one Super Bowl to show for it. Well, my my thing, yeah, as far as those guys Not are- to mention, you know, and we'll get there because we've done plenty of shitting on the, the Pats for cheating, but that was the fucking Bounty Gate year. Well, That's their one Super Bowl. Katrina slash Bounty Gate. Is there is there one success story? And sadly, I don't think he gets another shot. I don't think Philip Rivers. I think this was the year. These these guys had they had all the things working in their favor. And you're right. Look. And Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and will be a sure thing Hall of Famer. He'll get a hundred percent of the votes and also everybody that came after us after that one clip we put up on YouTube. Suck my dick from the back, fucking losers. Eat a po' boy and then eat these nuts. Yeah, he said it for me. Again, 
You're at home against the second-year quarterback. You got to score more than 23 points. End of story. All right. The Patriots-Chiefs game. Yeah. Where do we start? Well, let's start in the first half. The, the Chiefs were just, I mean. Their offense. What happened to them? Well, you talk about, you know, the everybody wants to say that Andy Reid is a suspect coach forever and ever and ever. And then everybody wants to now say, well, this proves he isn't. But I say, forget the fucking 31 points and forget that this came down to overtime. You get straight up out coached. Yeah. If you go into the game and they've got a million ways to fucking stop you in the first half and you put up zero fucking points. Zero. You're, you know, they they just got, he just got straight up out coached going into the game. And there's a lot, I think, that you can be critical of Andy Reid in this game. Time management, again, it's not his, like to say it's not, to say it's a top five time management disaster from Andy Reid is absurd. He has, he has a hundred of them that are worse than this, but it wasn't great. And just have a better fucking strategy that, that Bill Belichick is going to attack all the things that you do. And you're not going to, you're not going to play chess. You're not going to be prepared for him being prepared for what you usually do. That's just, that's just getting out coached. Yeah. In the first half, it was, they're getting pressure up the middle, and they're bracketing Mahomes so that when he tries to slide out, there's guys there. So you're not going to have one play that's a sprint. You're not going to have one play where he gets a snap and immediately gets outside the pocket, ever. He puts a, a cloud coverage on Tyreek Hill, having a safety over the top of him the whole game. He's like, Bill Belichick's like, Tyreek Hill's not going to beat us deep. This is the week you decide not to run the jet sweep with Tyreek Hill. This is the week you decide not to run a reverse. This is the week you decide not to throw a screen to Tyreek Hill. A million different ways to get Tyreek Hill the ball besides throwing him a bomb down the field. And this is the week you decide not to do it? You didn't think Bill Belichick was going to say, we're not going to let Tyreek Hill beat us deep? This is the week you fucking go, no, I love the jet sweep, but... Prander told me to jump the shark, so this is the week I'm not going to do it. Like, come on, dude. So you're saying you you want to see some more jet sweep? I want to see. There was a time, and I said this during the when they ran the reverse to him, and everybody's like, it was a jet sweep. I was like, Tyreek Hill's like the reason that every team overruns it because he's the guy who'll make it work fucking every time. There was a point in that game when they couldn't move the ball in the first half where I said they should set up in punt formation and put Tyreek Hill back there as a punter and then just let him go. And I bet you can get eight yards with a nine-yard fucking deep head start. Fucking pick a spot and go. They didn't figure out a way to get him the ball other than trying to throw him the ball downfield. Same thing I'm critical of for Sean Payton. Well, yeah. It was a clinic. That first half in particular was a clinic by Bill Belichick. And then just like in their regular season game, give props for all the shit we're going to give Andy Reid for that first half. You got to give him props for he this is back-to-back games where he's made an adjustment against against them and in both of those games he scored 31 points after halftime. But you also put yourself in that hole. You went to overtime and you put yourself in a hole where you went to overtime in a 31-31 game when you basically just gave them the first half. 
Yeah. And you're not look. We're talking about the Patriots. They might not be the same team that they used to be. Well, who knows? They made the Super Bowl, so maybe they are. You're not gonna like. You're gonna beat the Patriots when you give up a 14 point lead. It just come on. It's not yeah, gonna, it's not gonna happen. Now, look. We now there get, were some bullshit calls we, in this game too. We, we can get to the second half. The second half was ludicrous. They they did put it together. Mahomes found a rhythm. Seemed like he could score on every fucking drive. There was the nearly muffed punt by Edelman that took us, you know, that was 40 minutes of watching a th- different angles of a thumb. There was, um, you know, two diving catches that may, I don't know if both were catches, if neither were catches, who fucking knows at this point. There was the most, one of the most, if it wasn't Tom Brady, it'd be one of the most absurd roughing the passer calls ever where, He's standing, he's still holding the ball, and the guy slaps his shoulder. That was massive. That was a massive play in that game. And look, I don't want to compare it to the play in the Saints game. These things happen, but boy, do they happen to the Patriots a lot, huh? And then you get Tom Brady had two picks in the game, and he, he throws a pick to ice the game. The game's over. He throws a pick. Game over. And they get a guy in lined up in the neutral zone. And then from that point on, I'll tell you the one thing about Tom Brady. I feel like he's powered. I feel like he gets superpowers when fucking breaks go his way. And he... He does. And kryptonite when breaks don't go his way. Like, you look at the giant Super Bowls, you know, like, when... That, that game opens up with him throwing it over the middle and he gets called for a safety because in the end zone, he feels like, you know, that that shouldn't have been... Like, that shit deflates... You know, it's ironic, but that shit deflates him. When a call doesn't go their way, it, it sucks the energy as much as when calls do go their way, he gets superpowers. He was ridiculous in overtime. They, they converted multiple fucking third and tens in overtime. Why Andy Reid isn't calling a timeout in overtime, just a fucking NBA timeout to like get his team settled, get his team some water, and be like, guys, stop giving up huge third downs. I don't know. Apparently, he thought he could take all three of those uh, timeouts to, you know, Arthur Bryant's barbecue, exchange them for some ribs in the offseason or something. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking on that. But the, the, dude, Tom Brady. Did not have a great game until basically overtime. He's missing guys. He's overthrowing guys. He threw a pick from the one. He threw another pick. Eric uh, Eric Reed had a drop pick. Not Eric Reed. What the fuck's uh? Who's the other guy that had Eric Berry? Eric Berry had a drop pick, and then the and then the pick that would have iced the game. I saw this, but you know what? From my perspective, watching the game. I always felt the Patriots were in control. You know what I'm saying? Like, like th- at least just me watching this. There wasn't any part of me that thought they would lose that game. At any moment? No. The, again, the minute they got a 14... 14- oh, oh, but hold on. What about what about when Tom Brady threw his third pick with a minute and a half to go? And there? Oh, yeah, before the flag was right. tossed. No, and he was lined up offsides, but like... 
I mean, talk about breaks. So my section. He wasn't. He wasn't. This wasn't a Tom Brady threw that ball because he knew a guy was offside. He got. A, he didn't get a guy to jump. No one fuck. No one jumped. He just lined up offside. He was just lined up offside like a fucking idiot. The section I was watching that game at the lounge at the encore. There was a huge Patriots section. They're the most obnoxious fans. Like I decided yesterday, the Patriots are the worst. <laughs> you fucking think? I mean, there's yeah, but you always say Eagles, but like Patriots. No, Eagles fans. The, the Patriots fans are worldwide are like a obnoxious thing, and Eagles fans are right there. But like, I'd rather go to a, I'd rather watch a game in fucking Gillette than I would in Philadelphia because they're monsters. But as far as like psycho fucking egomaniac dude like, dude i was watching at a bar some guy that's because he's tom brady that's because he's tom brady you're like what the- what's the fucking because he's tom brady you know some white lacrosse guy making a fucking ludicrous diving catch these guys by us were such douchebags and i think my buddies were worried because i kept yelling shit like to where they could hear me and be like, Brady cheats, you know, just to kind of escape. My buddy's like, they're not going to think that's funny. They're going to try to fight you. I'm like, they're going to fight me at the fucking win? Although they probably probably would try to. Yeah. Every every question, that's a fucking catch. It didn't touch him. It didn't fucking touch him. Yeah, everything is that they're fucking. I mean, if you needed proof, if you're out there and your guy goes to fucking church on Sundays, if you ever needed proof that there is absolutely no God, that God does not exist, that we are living in a fucking, that, that just everything is fucking random. Every year on the calendar, the Monday after Championship Sunday is Martin Luther King Day. And every year, the most racist big city in America that yells the N-word probably openly at bars while watching the Pats games, celebrate their team making the Super Bowl on Martin Luther King Day. If there's a God, the motherfucker is fucked up. He's a sick and twisted God. He's like, yeah, yeah. Let's make sure the most racist people in the world are super stoked that their team's going to the Super Bowl every MLK day. Fucking for the last 15 years. Well, taking aside from that, that's why you don't bet against the Pats, man. Belichick, he had them ready. That's what it is for me, man. It all goes back to him. That's why I didn't know who I wanted to pick that game. Sorry, Chiefs fans. I did pick against or pick for you, and I ruined you. Yep. A lot of people are anxious who I'm going to pick for the Super Bowl. I haven't decided yet. The other thing is, Brady was not touched in the game. You got to get to him. They didn't get to him once. He was not hit. But all that, I know everybody, every Pats fan alive is going like, this is the go- This is why he's the GOAT. To which like you just got to tap the brakes. Like, yeah, they made the Super Bowl again. But tap the brakes on Tom Brady's performance in this game. He had a fantastic overtime you know, against a team that was just basically wiped. And why Andy Reid, again, didn't call a timeout at some point in overtime. Like, you can say Andy Reid had a good season all you want, and he did have a good season. But getting worked in the first half, 
not get, finding a way to move Mahomes out of the pocket, not finding a way to get Tyreek Hill the ball, and not taking a timeout in overtime. Not to mention, like, you know, the other time blunders throughout the game is that's just all you need to know. The Belichick Brady, or the sorry, the Belichick Reed matchup was way more in favor of Belichick than the Brady Mahomes matchup or their defenses matchup or anything. Because that's what it came down to. It came down to overtime. Yeah. And and just as easily, a guy lining up off sides, a, a, a phantom roughing the passer call. Tom Brady wasn't touched the whole day, and the game would have ended with this stat line for him if a guy doesn't line up off sides. 25 for 37, 263 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, one of them on the goal line, and one of them to end the game with a 63 passer rating if a guy's not across an invisible line when he fucking gets in his three-point stance this was was he was he a hall of famer in overtime of course he was you know tom brady gets superpowers from breaks going his way the fucking tuck rule like i i i still think i think that was like that was like his super that was the first one he's been living off of that the whole time he's like I got a break. Like, this motherfucker is unbelievable. You give him those breaks, he turns into a different fucking player. And here we are. Once again. This will be Super Bowl 10 for him and Belichick? Nine. Nine. I mean, I can't even remember. Yeah, they've won five. They've lost two to the Giants and one to the Eagles. Unbelievable. And they're the favorites. Here they are. They, and they opened as the dog. They were one-point dogs when they went on the board, and they're already favorites. They're already up to two-point favorites. So yeah. People pounding that. I mean, that's going to happen. I, I, I'm certain that Vegas took that into consideration when they made the fucking line. Um, that that Boston and Patriots fans are like, fuck, bet against us. Um, but it's already swung that way. Well... If you told me to bet today, I'd put it on the Patriots. Today. Now, I got a couple weeks to stew on it. Yeah. But, I, it's just, you know, after last year, last year did change things for me, though. Because last year in my head, I'm thinking, oh, two weeks, Belichick, to prepare for a backup quarterback, and Nick Foles shredded them. So, I'm not quick to make that assumption. As much as I love Belichick. I'm rooting for I'm obviously rooting for the Rams. I hope the Rams fucking win. I hope the Patriots make it next year and lose. I hope the Patriots make it the year after and lose. I hope the Patriots make it the year after and lose. Why? Because if there's one thing that I learned about LeBron James, it doesn't matter how many times you make it. It's your record in the game. And no one cares that LeBron was once three and two. I love how you brought, I love how you've worked LeBron no, into yeah, this. It doesn't matter how many times you've made it. Right now, Brady's five and three. I hope he's five and four. I hope he's five and five. I hope he's five and six. I hope he's five and seven. And then we can take all the goat shit and put it away, right? Isn't that what, what I learned from the LeBron James argument? Classic Prano move. Classic Prano move. Got to look at the bre- T- take one thing, pivot over here, connect the two, and here we are. Got to got to take it. Got to take the silver lining and everything. It doesn't matter that LeBron once had a winning record. It's where is he now? Michael, all the Michael Jordan stands out there, six and zero, three and five. That my goat. Well, let's go. 
I hope they. I hope Brady plays till he's forty-five. Hope he retires with fucking a hundred Super Bowl appearances and he's five and ninety-five. It will be interesting if he loses this one, though, because if Brady loses this, then you're basically. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from him for the record, but yeah. with that sort of conversation, you're saying, okay, you're a shade above five hundred now. It does make it an interesting conversation, but obviously you'd rather have the guy make it to nine. Of course. That's, that's, that's how I feel about LeBron James. Yeah. Of course. My thing on this one. But don't think I won't fucking use people's weapons against them. Yes, I know. Is the moment too big for the Rams? That's Right now, that's like my main thing. Is the moment too big? It ain't going to be harder to play in the Super Bowl than it was playing the Superdome. It's just not. But it's not. that's not the Super Bowl. But it's just, psychologically. We but, see but people, forget psychologically. I'm talking about the actual physicality of it. Okay. The game will the uh, Super Bowl goes fast. You know, teams come out. Everybody starts slow in the Super Bowl. I I wonder how many times the fucking unders hit. People running the ball. People playing safe. It's like they're not getting blown out. They hung around that fucking. Th- that was a tough place to play for them. Did that call go their way? Was that the sole reason they won that game? Yeah, but it's not going to be harder for them physically to play. Yeah. Pretty good tune-up for it. McVay's not going to get blatantly outcoached like uh, you know Andy Reid did. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And you won't even be here. I, w- I will be here. I just, I just got my flight back because there's... 100% no show that night. I'm going to leave New York at 8 a.m. And I will arrive back to L.A. at 11 a.m. Super Bowl Sunday. This is great news. Yeah. So we're going to pod after the Super Bowl. I'm deciding that for you right now. Great. We have to. Are we doing it at Matty Goldberg's? Is he having a Super Bowl party? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a Maybe I'll have a party here in my 390-square-foot apartment. Not likely, but... Who knows? I mean, what's a that's a real loose party? How many people can you get here partying? Ten? <laughs> Could you? I can get ten people in here. Okay. I find some seating. So you're going to Pittsburgh, then coming back? Pittsburgh, then to New York. Then back. I thought it's Pittsburgh this Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, I'm confused. So then you're going to be in New York. Oh, the Super Bowl's two weeks away. Okay. Yeah, two weeks away. Two weeks. Utah, give me two. Two weeks? Two weeks. Good. That means I I, mean, I can uh, gives me one or two possible shows to uh, confront Tug Coker. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Tug Coker will be in the house at some point on this. He, he, uh, he has already loosely agreed to come in. Before he went at me, and he did, by the way, he did not respond to my saying, that doesn't describe me. <laughs> the seven years Bengals fan. I actually think people who continue to root for shitty organizations are kind of bad people. If the owner of your team doesn't care, you should not support that owner. Like, like at this point, does James Dolan really care about the Knicks? Oh, I'm, sh- I'm certain he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You know what was cool, Prano, is uh, as you drive down the 15 right across from uh, Mandalay Bay, the the outside structure for the Raiders' state, new stadium's up. It's going to be right off the freeway. <coughs> That's great. How far out of town is it? 
So it's, you know where Mandalay Bay is? Oh, okay. It's directly yeah, yeah. across the highway. Wow. Like directly across, basically. All right. So, uh, I, I, <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were feeling about what I was going to say. Maybe, maybe it's too soon. What? So somebody, so if anybody wants to, uh, shoot up the Raiders game, he's no, got, that's not, no, he's got know. easy access. I mean, it's not too soon. It's just terrible. It's Ter- terrible, terrible, thing to say. terrible yeah. joke. Yeah. You know what they're doing at the win? This is kind of interesting. So this is the state of Vegas right now. The win had the only on strip golf course. Like there were golf courses around the strip, but the win had one in back of the hotel. No other hotels had that. They paid $20 million to build it. State of the art, big thing. I can see it from my room. They're digging it up. Why? They're turning it into a massive, they're going to call it like the beach or something. Like sand, like a mini ocean, pools, just a, the, the party summer thing. Yeah. So in my head, I'm thinking they must know they can make that much more money right. than having the golf course for the rich people. Sure. Yeah. The bottle service alone. Yeah. I can't fucking handle that shit, though. Like, if I'm in a pool, I just want to be in the pool. But hold on. I pose this to my buddies. I have never done this, but I was thinking about it. What if this summer you go to Vegas on like a Tuesday or Wednesday? You do one of the pool party things, just get ripped. Now, obviously, I'd be on edibles or something. They don't do pool parties on Tuesday and Wednesdays. I think they do. I'm pretty sure they don't. You think it's only weekends? Yeah. I don't think it is. Okay. You go for the casual scene. Who's going to the Tuesday pool party? Andy Ruther. I'm saying no one else. No, I remember. Maybe in summer. Who knows? I'm talking summer. You go like midweek July. You you get like, you know, the not the hottest girls, but like cute ones. The sixes from Iowa. And then what what what's your strategy here? I think it's easier to pick up chicks. It's not as crowded. It's not as intense. Yeah. I mean, that's that's always been my thing with bars. You never Friday and Saturdays for pikers. Thursdays the by far the best night. Then Thursdays, then Sundays. Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Monday. Monday's the worst. It's always Monday night football and people just like people who had a tough first day back at work. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But I don't think they do pool midweek pool parties. I think they do. All right. I think it's become such a thing. The out the the pool thing is basically an outdoor nightclub. Mm-hmm. What Vegas has now. It's ridiculous. That town just keeps changing, man. I know you were just there. Yeah. But it's I don't like, I don't like it as much as I used to. I don't either. Yeah, you think it's because we're getting older? No, I like I. I didn't feel like maybe it's that like going to the win and the Aria and the Cosmopolitan and stuff like that. Like even the best places before weren't like overrun. Yeah, you walk through the Cosmopolitan on a Saturday night. Oh my god, like, and, and it's the, chaos yeah. in Cosmo. And it's just like I'd rather it be like. You know, you're hanging out, you're gambling, you're fucking doing whatever. And like, if you want to go find action, you can go find it. But like, man, yeah, it's chaos. Like this weekend, because of being a holiday, it's nuts. I feel like back in the day, there wasn't like one place ever that was like, this is where you got to go fucking. And so like everybody was just kind of like picking their thing and if you were at the MGM like there was a scene and if you were at the fucking Excalibur there was a scene and if you were at the Hard Rock there was a scene but they weren't all it wasn't like 
everybody get in a cab and go to the Cosmopolitan. Yeah. And now if you're like in those other places, it's kind of like it can be dead. And you're like, no, who wants to all go to one fucking place? But I feel like there's a lot of scenes. Dude, we walked across the street. The There was, I want to say, four or five different massive lines outside of Omnia, the nightclub at Caesars. Yeah, the clubs then, that's a whole other fucking story. I, I have a rule, by the way. I'm just not waiting in lines. I don't care whether it's a nightclub. I've had that rule since I was 14. Yeah, no, I've had it for a while too, but I don't care whether it's nightclubs. I don't care whether it's, what's that stupid ice cream spot on Abbott Kinney? Yeah, Salt and Straw. You, you mean to tell me I'm going to wait 20 minutes to have some fucking ice cream? 20 minutes to wait ice cream? No, I'm going to fucking adult. No, I'm not doing that. Like my neighbor. You're going to fucking adult? Well, this is what you're going to do with your 20 minutes instead? Is that what I said? I think you just said, I'm going to fucking adult. I'm a fucking an adult. Yeah. I think you just did it again. I'm a fucking adult. Okay. It's an adjective, right? Yeah. Or an adverb. I should know that. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, who are these people doing this? I saw Cosmopolitan as an egg slut. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Excellent, delicious, but still haven't win. There's the line. Yeah, no, but there's not, not always a line. There's that, a line. I'm not waiting in line to get fucking that's eggs. That's the great part about like living right here. It's like you just walk by. I'll be like, no line. Gonna get me an egg sandwich. You know what does not have a line? Flag an anthem. Not never a line. Never online. Online. Don't wait in line. Get online. Yeah. And go to flaganthem.com for 25% off your first order. That's right. You drop that promo. Not even your first order, basically. Any order. Drop promo code Dirty Jan. Sounds like a stripper from Las Vegas. Dirty Jan. If you go to flaganthem.com, drop promo code Dirty Jan, you get 25% off. I'm in Flag and Anthem now. Joe's in Flag and Anthem. I wore Flag and Anthem all weekend. Everybody at the bachelor party was like, man, Ruther has a great casual game and he has a great game to go to the nice restaurants. I was like, Flag and Anthem. They have it all. 25% off. Go to flagandanthem.com. Drop promo code DIRTYJAN. They got some great new stuff, too. I, I've the last just recouping my uh, my stolen goods in the last couple months from Flag and Anthem has been great. I got another, uh, I got a zip up hoodie. This isn't Flag and Anthem, but I feel got like, the brick jeans. The brick jeans. Yeah. Come on. But my zip up, the zip up uh, hoodie I got. Love it. I'm wearing a zip up hoodie right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, Prano, being that I was uh, worthless and didn't bring my computer this weekend and I was stuck in traffic, is there anything else that we want to talk about? Well, there's another story NFL-related that came out today that I think is worth talking about because I have a conspiracy theory about it. Okay. So, and a story from, I'm going to pull it up right now so I can give you the official um, take, is about... The Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz, an article. Oh, yes. I did lightly see this. Go ahead, though. An article uh, from some, you know, Philly publication went went out and said that there was an unnamed source in the Eagles organization on the team, whatever, that uh, says he's selfish it's it's Carson's you know it's Carson's world. Uh, he doesn't want to change the way he plays. Like basically that 
there were some there were some basically it was some Carson Wentz diva theories. Now, every basically across the board, Eagles players have said this is bullshit. Basically across the board. Now, unnamed sources, you know, you could oh well maybe it's the maybe it's fucking Foles himself, maybe it's Nate Sudfeld who wants whatever, maybe it's like Alshon Jeffrey who doesn't get the ball as much when Wentz is, but a lot, essentially 100% of the Eagles across the board. So here's my conspiracy theory. What if Carson Wentz is beloved by all the Eagles and uh, no players have a problem with him and he's not selfish but just like we've seen in talking about it on this show and just like I've seen from tweeting about it, the entirety of the retarded Philadelphia Eagles fan base who thinks a guy's going to come back from a shredded knee and a shredded spine and two season-ending injuries in his first three seasons, it should be their quarterback forever. What if the coach, the front office... Planted this? Because yeah. they know they're better off getting... Re- away from a, an injury-riddled quarterback who's going to cost them $200 million in the next couple of years. But from a PR standpoint, their fans don't want them to. Their players don't want them to. What the fuck do NFL players know? They're not. If they were fucking GMs, they'd be GMs. Not play. No NFL players, like, on the whole, are not accused of being, like, fucking super smart. Like, guys, this is... doesn't matter whether or not you like him. It's not about liking him. It's about... The finances of it and his injury history. So I think that this has been this is planted from the Philadelphia organization that wants to move on from Wentz, but can't without pissing off their fans and players. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. No, I'm not saying your idea, but right. I think I think that story. I'd agree. Simply on, he went to South Dakota State, right? Like. <laughs> Who's this guy walking in with his big dick ego from South Dakota State? Like, to me, that that says, come on. Well, I mean, look. Not that he couldn't have an ego going to from, South Dakota yeah, State. from having been the number two pick or whatever, and then... From, and that's fine. From from being handed the keys to the franchise. I think, there's, from, I think there's legs to your theory. I like it. Because obviously everybody is coming out and saying it's bullshit. So where did, I mean, where did, no journalist is just making shit up, you know? You're not just like creating it out of thin air. Yeah. For what? What's the purpose? Just, it's just clickbait? Seems like a weird, you could write a whole clickbait thing about Wentz and Foles without saying somebody's trashing him. It's like the time uh, when I was working for SiriusXM, fuck it, I don't care, I'll say this. We're pretty much 100% sure Sirius XM planted the story on page six that nobody was listening to our radio show, and then we got canceled. Because they wanted, like, then, then, because they didn't, no one could argue with it because they're just saying, hey, we just canceled shows because no one's listening. Yes. Because Sirius XM doesn't reveal the listener. They, the, the one bargaining chip Sirius XM has with their talent is they don't tell you how many listeners you have. And we and the show had been renegotiating the contract at that point. And whether or not that was true. Exactly. They just put it out there. Exactly. So I learned all this because I actually discovered, I used to go to those, those sites for work, for yeah. stories. 
I literally went to page six every day and TMZ and all that shit. I go, wait a second. This is, this is, it was one of those like holy shit moments. Wait, page six is running an article that no one's listening to our radio show and how we're going to get canceled because no one's listening. And then we get canceled two weeks later. Right. Who at page six is like, is anybody listening to Dirty Pop with Lance Bass? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a planted story from yeah. Sirius XM. And well, every single thing on page six is a planted story, but yes. Just like this. Yeah. Yeah. This is a planted Philadelphia Eagles story. That's my theory. When everybody came out and said it, I'm like, so who's saying this? And, you know, it's probably not Peterson or their GM, but they're probably calling a guy in the locker room and being like, hey, you know what? You mind calling this guy and just saying fucking Carson Wentz is kind of a diva and people hate him? And he's an egomaniac. And the guy's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Sure. I get a raise. And they're like, totally. I would plant something better, though. It's pretty good. As far as, I mean, what what else are you going to say? Like Carson Wentz pisses on underage chicks or something. Go go straight R. Kelly. <laughs> it's hot in the news. Carson Wentz loves peeing on. If we didn't just do Carson Wentz's Patient Zero, I'd title this episode Carson Wentz pisses on underage chicks. But can I read it? Keep it fresh. Can I read a YouTube comment? Sure. By the way, this is basically a troll or moron. This is not from the show we're currently broadcasting. This is from the video of last pre-show of my mustache. Okay. I just want to read this for everybody. I don't even it. understand. How is it ending up in the comments? Because I just a notification. Okay. It's not on, to, it's not on the comments. Got of, it, got it, got it. He says, can you please remove the OJ prison picture using them, and this is in quotes, as artwork is very disrespectful to African Americans. Thanks, guys. Well, first of all, buddy, that, that Yeah, and that's trolling. He's not. 32 Rojo. OJ will always be here. Yeah. Fuck, we have the OJ chase picture that's got to go up somewhere. Even as a flag. Is, Wait. Did you move it? Oh, it's over there now. Would that be disrespectful to Gary Coleman because Mark Messier's balls are in the picture? Yeah. You think this guy is trolling? Yeah, he's trolling. Damn. I wanted somebody legitimately angry. Oh. What uh, what's going in our comment section for today's episode? Let's scroll through. What do we got here? Lots of takes on the games, of course. The Ruther curse is far more believable than any ref conspiracy. A lot of people not. You know, Bo, the Saints still had a 13-point lead and got the ball four times in the fourth quarter. They had plenty of chances and couldn't get it done. Yeah. We, we we covered all that. Also, a referee stared at a an egregious helmet to helmet pass interference call and just decided not to call it. Yeah, miss calls happen all the time, and it wouldn't have mattered if it wasn't a game. But it was a game, and it's a ninety nine point nine percent Saints win if that call, which there's absolutely no reason wasn't made, was made. So, do you think the NFL loves this? The Super Bowl, I think they do. I think they do, but it's the Super Bowl, right? Like, the only conspiracy that works is the Rams-LA conspiracy. That, like, it doesn't matter who plays in the Super Bowl. This isn't about the Super Bowl. This is about upping the Rams for when the Rams get a new stadium. That's the only... Because... The Super Bowl is going to break records every fucking year. Right? Sure. Like, 
yeah, oh, ads are down. But it's like, it's not like it's suddenly going to get out, you know, that more people are going to watch fucking. But, but the argument is, I, I know what you're saying, not for the particular game. The record is broken basically every year. The argument is the Rams are now in the Super Bowl. That makes this market at least fake care. For sure. Or, or get them to start caring. Yeah. Or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, I know a lot of Rams fans are struggling to figure out which side of the field is the home side in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. But like, but that'll be interesting. You bring up a good point, even the game. We all know that stands. Oh, it's going to be 75, 25 Pats fans. It's going to be a Pats home game. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, the internet will be 95-5 rooting for the Rams. Yeah. But... Everybody there, yeah, it'll be a pass home game. But um that the a conspiracy that the NFL wants the Rams in the game is believable. Not for the game. That's why I was like, oh, what 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 matchup do you think the the league wants? I'm like, I don't think they give a fuck. You know? Like, you could argue they wanted Mahomes there over Brady. You could or you could argue that, you know, Drew Brees, but like the Rams make sense. New stadium. New market. Know, new market. Number two market in the country. Selling tickets, selling PSLs, getting like, you know, getting the the agencies that at this point are not just talent agencies. They're packaging companies. They put stars with production companies, with movies, with to to get all of those guys to buy fucking luxury boxes to buy you know ads at the game for the next fucking avengers movie to buy like they want this stadium to for both the chargers and the rams to work yeah you could argue maybe the chargers would have fucking gotten a benefit of a call if they had played for any chance to be in that game. That's the point when people say, well, and then the Saints had this many opportunities. Yeah, it had to be a game for that to matter. But the Saints win that game if that they make that call. Yeah, well, it's funny because it took so long for L.A. to get a team. And then suddenly they get two. And now it's like, how hard is the L- is is the NFL pushing for the LA product? Because shit, man. I went to this year. I went to Seahawks, Eagles, Chiefs. Now the Chiefs game by far had the most Rams fans. You were at that one, but dude, those other two Eagles game was split. Yeah, maybe maybe forty percent Eagles fans. Well, remember that that Chiefs Rams game happened the last fucking exactly. Game. Yeah, Seahawks game definitely had. 20% Eagles fans at, or I'm sorry, 20% Seahawks fans at that. It's like this week and the next week is basically. Cow- that Cowboys game, like Tug straight up said, is outnumbered Cowboys yeah. to Rams in a playoff game. So I'll be curious this week and next week how many Rams flags I see flying from cars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the telltale sign living yeah. in LA. Well, I heard, uh, you know, I watch I watch everything streaming at this point. I'm a. I'm not a millennial, but I may as well be because I've cut the cord so much. Uh, so, of course, you know, the delay on the on the streaming is like, I'm like 10 seconds behind, you know, 15 seconds behind, sometimes more depending on what I'm watching it through. But 
uh, yesterday I heard my across-the-street neighbors go fucking wild when the kick went through. And then 15 seconds later, I get the kick. And I'm like, my fucking neighbors, Rams fans? Like, what the fuck? And then literally parking my car today, this girl is parking behind me who definitely lives in that house. And I was like, and she's wearing a Rams hat. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I haven't heard you guys one weekend cheering for the Rams. Now you're cheering for the Rams. Now you're wearing Rams gear. Disgusting. This is what the NFL, like, if you have a conspiracy about the NFL, that house is the theory. Yeah, I agree. What about the theory that I attended? I was like, are they having a fucking quinceanera over there? What? Who's screaming in the middle of the day on a Sunday? What about this conspiracy, which I put out on Instagram? I attended Jeff Fisher's last game wearing the first ever game where I wore Skank Hunt 42. Mm-hmm. There's that wonderful picture. It looks like it was professionally done. I'm overlooking the Rams stadium. The, the fans are booing them. I believe they were down like 35 to 3 at halftime against the Falcons. I attend the Rams... Falcons game 2016 they fired Jeff Fisher and everything changes from there maybe just maybe you say I put my stink on things maybe I put the good juju on the Rams I attend that game the whole organization is turned around and look where they're at now so let me get this theory correct you go to the game and your attendance in the game makes them play so horrible. Yes. That their coach gets fired. Yes. And you're spinning this as a positive? Yes. This is you putting yes. your good juju on? Yes. I think what I think is a, a better theory and probably correct is you brought the Ruther Dent. You you took the team to – they had been so bad already. You actually took them – you dented a team that was basically already playing like they were dented to the point where the organization like, we can't let this go on anymore. We have to do something different. And – then you left, and they were like, they hired a good coach. So, like, yeah, I mean, depends how you get there. I could give you the part of the props for responsibility, but I think it's because you made them play so horrible that they had to fire their coach. And luckily, they were they hired a good one. True. I was against the Sean McVay hiring. If you go back to old dirty sports, <laughs> were you? I a hundred percent was. He was. He's not. A, he's not a name. He's not sexy enough. I want a sexy name like Gruden. That's hilarious. La I wants, wanted Gruden. La wants big names. You probably want a Gruden too. Oh, yeah, uh, but I don't think any of us foresaw. I don't know who Sean McVay was. So yeah, but I got to say we've already been since we're doing this. We've already uh, the Cliff Kingsbury shit that we got. We're, we've already been exonerated from any wrong take on that. They they were interviewing Hugh Jackson as their offensive coordinator. I saw this. I, I saw mean, this. We've already been exonerated for Cliff Kingsbury is not qualified to be an NFL coach. If you're talking, if you're if you're in charge of an NFL organization and you're saying the names Hugh or Jackson, let alone together, you don't understand football at all. Yeah, you're an offensive genius, and you're hiring Hugh Jackson. Unless you're hiring a guy just in case the offense sputters that you can fire in week four. Hugh Jackson. Is this the conspiracy theory episode? It might be. Do you have any NBA stuff you want to talk about? Carmelo Anthony was traded to the Chicago Bulls. But they're saying he won't play a game and that they'll either waive him or more likely hang on to him to trade him later on in the year. He's been on six teams in like a fucking... A season. Which brings me to my next segment. Why Joe Prano hates Carmelo Anthony. 
Why do I? Well, you just you love ranting on Carmelo. Yeah, no, he's the goddamn worst. But uh, at first, I thought the Bulls might be like acquiring him to play him, which was I was stoked. I even tweeted today. I'm like sociopath, ball hog. That's universally hated by coaches, teammates. He might get a statue outside the fucking Chicago stadium. <laughs> he might just get one of these out there. We get the mellow three outside the stadium. And then they said that they probably were never going to play him in the game. I was like, fuck. I watched that Lakers Houston. Uh, uh, like a, just a, a statue of mellow sucker punching Marty Collins. <laughs> outside the United Center. Fat mellow with a hoodie on. <laughs> just like, uh, like mellow looking up at a rebound while a guy that's next to him that he should be boxing out goes around him, him fat in a hoodie. You know what's wild? I basically wasn't on social media for two days. I feel like I've missed two weeks worth of news. Yeah. Well, I told you, I I texted Cutter today. I was like, Cutter, are you friends? I was like, are you at this bachelor party or is this college friends? And he's like, college friends. I was like, I think Ruther might be in trouble. And he's like, what? Like, he hasn't been on social media in a full day. No Instagram stories of him eating fucking fat burger. No fucking, no, like, I'm high on edibles and there's fucking slot machines everywhere. Like, <laughs> n- like none of it, none of the usual shit. None of you, like, sitting in a fucking hotel room, like, hitting a vape pen, like, oh, fucking crazy vaping. Oh, it's lit, fam. I'm in Vegas. I was like, a full day? I was like, I, I feel like he might have gotten fucking, what's the, what was Ken Jung's name in, uh, in Hangover? Chow? Was it Chow? Yeah. I, I, I thought he got fucking. Was it Chow? Yeah. I feel like he got Ken Jung. He's, in the, he's naked in the back of a car trunk somewhere. And I wasn't responding to texts because I had no service. Yeah. Went straight to voicemail. No texts. I love how that's the gauge of people worrying about me. He's not tweeting. He's not posting anything on Instagram. Yeah. Is he alive? Dude, you didn't post on Instagram or so, or Twitter for a full day? I was like, he's dead. Well, no. I wrote a couple things after the Rams won. That was it. Yeah. Nothing about the Chiefs. Nothing about your denting of the Chiefs. I think I'm going to do more of that, man. Social media is toxic. <laughs> You are social media. You're the king of all social media. And it's toxic. Well, don't worry. I stepped up in your absence. I posted a couple times on Dirty Sports. I saw and I was I was like a proud father, Joe Prano. I I, I even mentioned Tom Brady's bastard son in a post today. I got an Aaron Hernandez reference in there. Well, I didn't see any of this. This is all news to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried I tried to channel my Ruther. Somebody put up, uh, you got to pull it up. It's pretty good, actually. Well, let me see what's going on here. Holy shit. Prano, you did. Well, that one, you know that one. You know I love that one. When the Carson Wentz story came out. So somebody did a long list of things that didn't exist when Tom Brady played in his first Super Bowl. It's like Instagram, MySpace, Tesla, Spotify, Skype. To which I replied, Spygate, Deflategate, his bastard son, Aaron Hernandez, victims, and MAGA hats. I felt like that was pretty Ruther. Oh, and of course the guy who responds... Your salty tears with the profile pic of Gordon Hayward and fucking Kyrie Irving. See, this is why I'm not on social media. This is why I can't do this shit. I did, I will say, your 
idea of the auto reply is working. I got a dirt ball to change the other day. I just auto replied. Then I don't get angry either. And he ended up changing his profile to a real pick. He was like, wow. I'm not, he's like, I'm not a bottom real person. See? It's like, okay, now we can engage in conversation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great strategy. Yeah. Because people just don't know what to do. All right, Prano. I am exhausted. I know it's going to be a shorter show, but what, 90 minutes is a shorter show? Guys, we give you so much. And you can give a little too by going to patreon.com forward slash dirty sports. Every cent supports the show. You too can support more videos, more offensive OJ Simpson pictures, and possible trips. Every dollar counts, guys. A dollar a day keeps Denti alive. <laughs> I don't know. I know you got. We, real- should do, we should do a thing where they can like buy you away from the show for a week. Like a dollar a day keeps the Denti away. As long as the Patreon's over two thousand dollars, Andy Andy Ruther will not appear on the show. Uh, com for shows. Uh, I'll be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this weekend uh, with Eddie Ift. Two shows Saturday, one Sunday at the Pittsburgh Improv. Eddie's uh, hometown, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of people there. Come out, get your tickets. Uh, go to stay on com for dates in New York. I'll be I'll be there the whole following week. I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I fly back Super Bowl Sunday morning. So uh, come check out a show in New York. I'll be at Empire City Casino in Yonkers on the 30th, and uh, some city dates will be up soon as as soon as I have some confirmed spots. Follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life, Instagram Joe Prano. Twitter Andy Ruther, Instagram Andy Ruther. Instagram, Twitter for Dirty Sports at The Dirty Sports. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You guys know the whole ordeal. And review. Rate and review. It takes two fucking seconds. Just do it. All those links, by the way, I, I know I, people. some people don't realize this. All those links are in the description of the podcast on whatever audio fucking service that you use. That you use and also on YouTube. I put them all there. I don't know how much easier I can make it, guys. He works really hard at it. He's cutting and pasting all night. Yeah, I do. I'm a cut and paste king, motherfucker. All right, guys. He's back. It's lit, fam. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Enjoy your week. We'll be back Wednesday night, I believe. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.